Have you ever been so urgently trying to get a trip finalized that you forgot a crucial detail? Have you ever wished that the company that could make it easy to fix would make it easy to fix? Stay tuned for a tale of procrastinating travel plans, stress turned to 11, and doing what's right, not what's expected. This is the customer experience storytime tale of When Stress Meets Service. The Upsell presents CX Storytime, Tales from the Customer Journey. I'm your host and storyteller, Russell Lolliker. What you're about to hear is a real story. Though the names have been changed, these are real people having a real customer experience. It's a story of customers on their journey as they build or break relationships with businesses just like yours. Today, we'll hear the story of Lewis, who, in a fit of stress and procrastination, forgot to solve a problem that would cost him more money than he was comfortable spending. We'll then hear from his service provider and see how they chose to address Lewis and his problem wrapped in a bundle of frayed nerves. We'll wrap it up by digging into the emotional impacts, the lessons you can take away from this story to help your business, and the universal truth to live by. The customer journey is an emotional one, and so it begins. He knew he'd waited too long, and now, now he was extremely stressed. Lewis had known he was speaking at this conference in San Francisco for months, but here he was without a plane ticket. No accommodations or any of the other to-do list checked boxes he should have figured out by now. He was, after all, leaving from Vancouver in just four short days. Would ticket prices be crazy? Would there be any hotels left at all? These are the stresses that were going over and over in his mind, but for some reason, he wasn't doing anything about it. He couldn't believe he had waited so long to get his travel plans figured out. There was almost a level of embarrassment when his friends and family would ask, When are you leaving? Where are you staying? All legitimate questions for someone who had their plans together, not for someone who was panicking. Lewis finally went to the websites he knew he needed to visit. He worked out his air miles, he scanned the closest accommodations to where the conference was, and he cemented his travel dates and times. And finally, after submitting to some less-than-desirable departure and return times, he shared his credit card information. With six days to spare, he had a place to stay and a plane to catch. The only problem was, through all his stress and last-minute planning, Lewis hadn't remembered everything he needed to do to travel internationally. And it could cost him. So, on a moderately chilly day in November, after doing a presentation at an industry event and still riding high on a wave of stress and adrenaline, Lewis drove to the airport. Parked his car long-term, which was something else he hadn't figured out until he was trying to find the location, and boarded his plane to San Francisco. Once he arrived, he fired up his Lyft app, got a ride right to his hotel. It was only about 30 or so minutes when he checked in. It was there, a few steps into his doorway, that he realized that he had forgotten something. Roaming charges. Though he had calmed down after the flight, this triggered his stress all over again. Though he had calmed down after the flight, this, this triggered his stress all over again. He'd made this mistake before and felt stupid for it. While traveling to San Diego, he had stupidly racked up incredibly high charges around data use. Lewis wasn't one for phone calls, but text messages? The internet? These were vital as a traveler. A. That's how Lyft and Uber drivers confirm their arrivals. That's how he shared experiences on social media. And... That's how he connected with other conference attendees to arrange meetups and networking. 
and he was not prepared to spend more than $100 to make it happen. And roaming charges? Well, they could easily put him over. He had seen that. While he was looking up that contact number to his service provider to address the roaming charges, he got an alert. A quick ding yelling at him from his smartphone. It was an email from his phone company. In the subject line, account data usage update. Lewis read a little further. Apparently his roaming data charges for his account had now reached $50. And then, below that bit of information, were a few links to help him manage his data. Well, this was a bit of a surprise as Lewis hadn't been in the United States very long, much less used any data beyond the free Wi-Fi from the airport. He had turned it on for a few minutes to confirm his lift ride, but was that worth 50 bucks? So, within just the first few minutes of his time settling into this city, he was on the phone to his service provider to get his account figured out. He went through their various options before landing with an agent to hopefully, hopefully help him with his problem. This is where he met Jefferson. Jefferson was the agent, and he sensed Lewis's frustration immediately, greeting him and really giving the impression he wanted to help. He also quickly discovered that Lewis was actually in an unintentionally awkward position with his billing. The first issue Jefferson addressed was the email alert that Lewis had just received. The $50 that he'd been warned that he'd used? Jefferson said that was an error and that he would address it immediately. The other problem was that Lewis, well, he had something he didn't even know he had. A pre-existing roaming plan. This thing kicked in per month every time he accessed his roaming charges. The plan would then stay in effect for 30 days and end if Lewis was no longer roaming. The problem was, is that the two and a half days that Lewis was away landed smack dab on the end and beginning of this billing cycle. So the first day was the end of the first 30 days, and the second and a half days was the beginning of the next 30 days. So he would be charged twice during his time away. None of this sounded good to Lewis, and he hadn't even unpacked his toothbrush yet. Well, that service provider representative, Jefferson, had a solution. He was going to remove one of the two charges so Lewis would only pay for the one charge. And he would do that right away in the system. Jefferson, then, still sensing Lewis was stress, walked him through his existing mystery plan, which Lewis didn't even know was ongoing. To make sure everything worked out as he had promised, Jefferson sent a personal work email to Lewis. There was a test notification in the subject line and in the body of the email. Jefferson just sent the test email to make sure they were in touch in case he needed to follow up to prove to Lewis he wouldn't be charged twice. Lewis thought it was a nice touch, but didn't really think more of it. Once Lewis ended his phone conversation, he received a few more emails over the next few days. The first email? A roaming alert to let him know that someone with his phone number had crossed the USA border, and if they have a roaming package, they'll get those offerings. If not, they'll be charged a lot. Lewis didn't think much of this because he was, in fact, that person. The second email, another account data usage update, this one informing him his account had reached, again, $50. Lewis ignored them both. He'd spoken to Jefferson, he'd been told he was fine, and he'd been very mindful of his roaming usage while he was in San Francisco. He knew he'd pay a bit more, but felt it was all taken care of. And it was. A few more days later, he received an email directly from Jefferson again. This one said, Hello, I've already removed the roaming charges that I promised to remove. 
please refer to the bill I've attached and your online account to compare the balance. The confirmation of adjustment will reflect on your following bill. And attached at the bottom, a bill, and one that delivered as promised. And that ends the story of When Stress Meets Service. Now let's look at this story. Through the eyes of this customer, let's look at the emotional impact of the customer experience. Lewis was in a high-stress situation. He knew he had put himself there, so he had basically procrastinated to the point of embarrassment. So getting on the phone and trying to fix a situation he had forgotten was already coming from a tense place. The service agent dove in immediately and fixed the problem, and made sure to reassure Lewis through the whole process, even digitally holding his hand through a follow-up email to let him know that all was okay. Lewis went from stress case to best case scenario. But what, as you as a business, can take away to better serve your customers from this story? Use your emotional intelligence. And I've got two notes on that. First, read the situation and act accordingly. It's extremely important to understand a situation, to hear, to see, to feel the emotions of your customers, to be able to get agile enough to rise to their situation as it happens. In this case, on the phone, the agent could immediately sense Lewis's stress level, his short answers, his short breaths. This was a person feeling more than the pressures of that one phone call. You never know what kind of day the person's having. So instead of sticking to a script of any kind or trying to upsell or draw out the phone call, Jefferson just jumped in and removed one more stress from Lewis's life. And the second point to make is a relationship is beyond just one touch point. If you want to truly build a relationship with your customers, you can't look at phone calls, websites, or however they interact with your business as one-offs. What is the next step in their customer journey? How can you be a part of it? Or what if this step isn't over and you can add some value? In this case, Jefferson first made sure they were connected through email, through that test email. How many times have we done that with new friends over text messages? Just putting test to make sure you had that connection going and then made it personal by doing what he said he would do, follow up. No service provider mentioned, no agent number, no file number. It was the person's actual name with a short and sweet email that didn't do anything but further solve Lewis's problem and help his stress. That leaves a great feeling with your customer. And the moral of this story, read the room. Not all situations are an opportunity to sell or go through some approved messaging. Sometimes it's enough just to be a good human being helping another human being. And that will put a close to this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate your time. I know it's a shorter podcast, but still, any time you spend with me, always very, very appreciated. If you have stories that you'd like to share, that you'd like to get out and, and know that other people can learn from, good or bad, these can be good stories, these can be bad stories, these can be horrible stories, doesn't matter if they're worth sharing because they're teachable moments, send them my way. The email is russell, with one L, at theupsell.com, and I would absolutely love to hear from you. If you want to find me, well, that's easy to do, Instagram, um, at theupsell, or at Russell Lolliker, or you can also find us, The Upsell, on Facebook and Russ, LOL, on Twitter. Sorry, the consistency is a little all over the place, but, uh, but you know, we're growing. We're figuring it all out. 
Again, thank you so much for listening. This ends the chapter of the customer experience storytime tale of when stress meets service. I'm Russell Alker, and it's been an honor to be your host. Take care. Thank you.